Hi everyone, I'm Margot Faraci. Welcome to Heart and Hustle, How to Thrive in a Crisis. The aim of this podcast series is to help the community learn, normalise and really thrive in these unprecedented times with lessons from leaders in a range of fields about their experiences and insights during coronavirus. Now today, I'm talking with passionate hospitality duo, Hamish Watts and Ben Carroll. Together, these two business partners are determined to challenge the status quo and lead the industry by delivering unique venues and bringing people together, creating epic concepts and magic experiences. Now, Ben and Hamish have opened and operated nine successful venues over seven years, including Bob and Tone, The Butler Potts Point, The Botanist, Kirribilli, and SoCal Sydney, some of which you may have visited. I certainly have. They also own and operate their own venues. Hamish Watson, Ben Carroll, thank you for joining Heart and Hustle. Hamish, let's start with you. Yep. You worked in some of the best gastro pubs in London uh, before you moved back to Australia, working for a renowned hospitality group. So mm. what is it about hospitality that drew you in? Um, look, like a lot of people, I probably shouldn't say this, but I... Um, <clears throat> Go in on, some I can't wait. Capacity, <laughs> <laughs> no, in some capacity, I, I did fall into it at the start. Um, it was something that I always did while I was at school um, to earn my money to pay for my weekends like everybody does. Yeah. And I always, in, But I always enjoyed it. I always enjoyed turning up to work or something that I always looked forward to doing. Um, I enjoyed the camaraderie and the fun element of hospitality and I always found that it was... Um, it was almost um, it was almost more fun than the weekend itself. It was just hanging out with your work colleagues and things like that. And I just kept doing it. I did uh, like like everybody does. I finished school, did a bunch of travelling. It was a great job to travel with. Yeah. I could pick up work. I did a drive around Australia in my twenties, um, and I worked in bars all over the country. Mm. And then I did it through university in the same capacity. And then when I eventually went to London, that's when I kind of really decided that I wanted to make a career out of it because it was something that I just kept I kept doing and I just kept doing well at. So. There's a great service in it, you know, delivering yeah. delicious things to people really makes people happy, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think all of us who've done dabbled in hospitality at uni or whatever really get a kick out of that. So there is great service in, yeah, it's in great. service. Yeah, it's a great the, the, the service element, but I also like the creative part of it yeah, as well. Sure, like, sure. Um, you know, you're coming up with... Moving into our own businesses was the the, um, the conceptual side of things and, and coming up with the food element. But I got to do that a lot with other operators with their money, which is always enjoyable. Um, and it's good to learn um, different ways of doing things from different people. But, yeah, I've just just always loved it and I, and I continue to do so. I think it's important um, when you put so much of yourself into it. So, Ben, yeah. you previously worked for Mary Vale and the NLG Hotel Group. And you're the on-premises on-premises manager overseeing more than 30 venues. Are you joking? How did you manage such a large portfolio of venues and juggle all of that? Look, I think it comes down to I, I really love managing people and developing people and watching mm -hmm. them grow. So when you look at it, just managing large teams is really where it comes from. And the I guess the, the feeling of success when you see a develop someone from a junior age all the way through and they end up running a pub or something like that or, or one of the venues. So definitely the passion around the human resources side of things. But in, in our company and a lot of the companies I've worked for, the actual backbone of all these venues is very similar whilst they may look a little bit different from when they touch and feel sort of as you walk into a venue. A lot of the systems are are the same. Mm -hmm. So it's quite easy to, to go to one venue and deal with people in similar sort of ways and understand the ins and outs of each of those businesses. And look, I, I am a workaholic, mm -hmm. uh, but I love the 
looseness of how I work at the moment, which is hospitality. Hospitality has, you know, it's 24 hours. So, you know, it means I can take a morning off to go surfing or I can stay up later and do some work and go around to the venues and check on people and see how they're trading and work on the weekends or take a Monday off and very, very flexible. So I don't really need structure around my workload as well. So. If you are a workaholic, you are going to need to be disciplined about making sure you do take that time. So we might come back to that. Um, Obviously, guys, the hospitality industry has been one of the hardest hit during the pandemic. So um, I've heard you, Hamish, talk about the creativity that you really like in your industry. Ben, you've talked about the leadership. Both have been required um, in large amounts during the crisis. So what have you learned about being creative, Hamish? Oh, look, you just got to look at different creative ways to keep your business alive. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, uh, from an industry perspective, a lot of people went down the path of, you know, takeaway and, and things like that to try to keep their businesses moving. Based on a financial outcome, we decided that wasn't the best way to really? to, to move forward for Applejack. We decided to um, to not go down those realms. We had them ready to go. We, yeah. we, we certainly did the hard work in the back end to make sure we're prepared if we decided to launch them. So we didn't say, no, never. Um, but we did the numbers pretty early on and decided it wasn't the right course of action for right. us. Um, in saying that, um, we still had the, we had to be creative on how to keep a uh, connected and motivated workforce, yeah. considering the fact that we'd shut the venues down um, quite um, like hard, I guess, yeah. properly. Um, so we came up with a bunch of different strategies to keep them engaged. So. Uh, we got really creative on the the people aspect, so we worked on ways to connect them through different Facebook groups and things like that. Even though we're hospitality and hospitality people aren't usually using technology to connect as much as maybe others are, um, we got really frequent with our Zoom Zoom chats and we had Zoom trivia and, and we um, also worked on um, a staff benefits package, so there were things that they could attain while they were on um, in uh, shutdown and things like that to keep them engaged with us. So when we did ramp back up on the other side, we had the workforce ready to go. So that's where we, we channeled most of our energy. Um, a lot of it was to do with communication. Ben mm-hmm. became a big communicator. Um, we had regular updates for the team as to, you know, everything from how COVID was going, how it was affecting our industry, how Applejack was performing financially throughout mm-hmm. the pandemic. And we just became really transparent um, throughout that process by just telling them exactly sort of how we how we were tracking financially. They 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 knew, they, they knew the numbers almost as well as we did. Wow, which so is, that's massive. Which, yeah, which yeah. is a big thing for us. Um, but we felt that was the only way to give them the real confidence. And, and look, it, it wasn't a warts and all. We, we put ourselves in a pretty good position, we felt. We sort of managed to be pretty clear on how much money we needed to for each individual month to get through and what we had in the bank. And it was all pretty clear on how much we needed to, to, to how much information we wanted to give them. And the more we gave them, the more confidence it seemed to give them and the more they sort of knew where they sat in the equation, which was, which was huge. That's hugely transparent and, and perhaps mm. unprecedented for a lot of businesses to be that transparent. So, yeah. Ben, you've talked about your enjoyment of the leadership. Um, for those who do really enjoy the leadership side of things, these can be the best times mm. for our leadership. Definitely. So how have you grown as a leader? I've, I've thrived. I've, really, I've really loved it. Yeah, uh, and, and you got to leave the the business and financial sense out of this. But <laughs> <laughs> how how I've developed as a person, yeah. and some of those traits that I've picked up, and I'll, I'll keep with me for forever. But also what we've been able to instill into the the full culture of our of our company around leadership, leadership and mentor and coaching and communication and a lot of those things Hamish was just talking about of 
making, you know, through Facebook groups. We were doing trivia nights throughout lockdown that we were all doing trivia together on Facebook together, like an Applejack United group. And we'd get uh, talks and Zoom meetings and everybody was invited. So it wasn't just the, the senior people. Everybody in the company was invited to this. We do soup kitchens. They could come up and they could come to some of the venues and pick up soup, and that would be the nice. what they were having. We just raised uh, $22,000 for our staff. We, um, As each of the venues reopened, we did food sales for, for staff. So customers would come in and they could pay what they want. Yeah. This they is bought. the plates for good? Is it? Is that oh, something else? Diff- that's different. Right. Okay. But this, is, this was similar sort of yeah. concept. So customers would come in and pay what they felt they wanted to pay, mm-hmm. knowing that any of the money revenue raised would go directly to the pockets of our staff that were not eligible for job keeper or job seeker. Right. So as these staff then came back to work for us after the lockdown, and we've still got a few more to reinstate, yeah. they, were, they were getting uh, a bonus as they were coming back into work for us. So wow. those people on JobKeeper who stayed with us and were getting paid throughout, Yeah. unfortunately they didn't get a, a, a slice of this $22,000 that we raised, but yeah. all the others ended up doing that. So things like that the that really help build the culture and uh, I guess give us a give us a purpose through all this whole thing. One hundred percent. What were the mistakes you made as a leader? Like there was a time right at the start in those initial periods of lockdown, there was great anxiety. We didn't know how long this was going to go for. We thought, you know, everything we touch is going to kill us, you know, uh, particularly for hospitality. That was a, a big problem. You can't go to a restaurant by Zoom. I can do my job by Zoom, but you guys can't. Yeah. What mistakes did you make? I think, I think the country made the mistake to begin with by dumbing down what was actually going on in the rest yeah, of the world. There yeah. was a lot of um, warning signs of what was coming and uh, some people, some businesses, some governments – they were ahead of the wave and going, mm. right, well, this has just happened in China. This has just happened in Italy. Let's lock borders. Let's do this. Let's yeah. do that. As a business owner, what we could have done is realised it was coming ourselves okay. and, and paid a bit more attention okay. to it and put a bit more money aside, potentially close down that little bit earlier. Right. Um, when the announcement was made from uh, Scott Morrison on Sunday the 22nd of March, yes. I think it was. We all remember that press conference. Yeah, yeah. We, we do. Everyone was on the edge of their seat. Yeah. We had um, we had twelve hours to decide whether we go down takeaway or we go into hibernation. Okay. Hamish mentioned we went full hibernation. Yeah, we ended up doing the the math on each part and working out. Okay, well, if this goes on for six months, how long can we stay in hibernation mm. for? And that were the sort of figures we were looking at. Mm. Uh, we realised instantly that it could go on for six months, so we needed to go into full hibernation. Everybody got stood down. Hamish and I stood down from the company. It was complete mm. hibernation there. Um, and then we slowly started to wake it up as the, the lockdown was, uh, I guess, reduced and they started mm. to let the economy come back. So throughout the process, there weren't a lot of mistakes we could have made because we just went into hibernation this time. Being in hibernation allowed us to focus also on how to relaunch this company. It focused on looking for opportunities and how to become better Mm. rather than, I guess, trying to scramble for a penny through that period of time. I think also, you know, hibernation is something that animals do to rest. Yeah. So did you get a rest? Yeah, look... (laughs) Everybody says the same thing, like any any peer you talk to about the hospitality industry, and I'm sure it's the same for another a lot of other industries. Um, it did feel like the industry in general was just like this 
just just was just going at such a rate of knots that mm. it was no one was ever really stopping to think, and it was almost um, getting to like an unsustainable point. There was a lot of um, you know activity in relation to wages that was going on in the um, mm. in the industry. Um, there's a lot of um, just um, operators just joining in with and just coming in and doing sort of like really brash concepts. A lot of money being thrown at at at, um, uh, at um, uh, concepts, and then the other thing was also like the the terms with the landlords and the leases and mm-hmm. everything was all getting pretty hairy. Um, so it almost got, felt like we got to this point where everyone kind of went. Oh, like we could have, have have a breath for a second and have a look at the industry in general, and we've we've learned a lot from our like the way that we were operating prior as to how you can do things in a better manner. And I think Ben was alluding to that, but like just little things like are you a bit too top heavy? Uh, do we are we too process driven? Do we spend too much time? Doing things we don't need to be doing. Do we do we over do we overthink everything? You know, and it's like <laughs> you kind of you kind of realise that like it's you know you've, at the end of the day what we do is you know we make food, we serve people, we offer them an experience, yeah. and there's and there's a that's a wonderful thing to do. But when you're just working the whole time, you just overcomplicate it, and you just keep adding layers and layers of pressure. And then I think this whole process has learned us to kind of just like declutter all of that. Beautiful. And we're just kind of now just like doing our thing and just got back to sort of like raw hospitality and it's things move, things move quite quickly. And we used to be very proud of the fact that being, you know, sort of a small company, we don't, we were only sort of eight years old this year, but being a small company, we, we were very fluid and we could, we could outdo our competitors on how fast we could turn things around. And you right. do find that as you get bigger and as you grow things get slower and things get clunkier. The bigger the ship, the slower she turns and all of that. And um, I think, you know, this has been a really good opportunity for us to breathe and and I feel like we're sort of back to sort of where we were. Nice. Things are fast, things move quick. We just, it's just... You know, it's all good. Yeah. Did you did you breathe personally? I did. I mean, yeah. I needed I needed a breath. I like. Well, it's now a counselling session with yeah, Ash and Ben, just, just sure. working through their so, yeah. breathing. No, no. I, I, look, initially I didn't get to. I've got um, I've got two young kids, and one of them's um, one of them had to homeschool. Oh yeah. And when daycare was closed on my younger one, I was, I was um, yeah, yeah, so it was, it was pretty, pretty heavy. Um, but. Um, when they both when daycare reopened and the um, the little one go back to school, it was um, I got to breathe then for a couple of weeks before we started to reopen again. It was so you've learned some lessons. Yeah. Um, you've adapted. What does the future look like for the industry and also for Applejack, knowing what you know now that you didn't know six months ago? Everyone talks about this sense of belonging and community and and being in this together. I really hope that this stays with us. And I really hope that when customers come into hospitality now, they can appreciate the hardship that we've been through, but mm. also how hard we work to try to keep the businesses alive. And we do it because we love people and we love doing what we do. So I really hope that gratitude stays with, particularly in, in the hospitality industry. In terms of Applejack moving forward, uh, I spoke earlier about looking at opportunities and things like that. So we were about to take over a pub, actually. So... Uh, yeah. You the, heard it here first. The Foresters in Surrey Hills. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's something that we're focusing on at the moment. And it was, unfortunately, it was through the pandemic. The last uh, tenants in there couldn't survive. Yep. So the landlord uh, sorted us out and uh, came knocking at our door to try to get us in there because he wanted a reliable tenant that would stay in there for a long period of time. So that's something we're heavily focused on at the moment. And it brings a bit of uplift to the whole company as well and it's a little bit irresponsible to think we might be trying to capitalise through the pandemic but we've made sure we've gone through all our risk assessments and calculations to 
Get the most it. out of this, de risk yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is this is when opportunity is thrown up. It's this is about how you thrive in a crisis because it does bring opportunities, um, and I think it is incumbent upon the rest of us who are you know still on steady wages to go and spend all the money we possibly can at our local venues and Please beyond. Do. Yeah, um, there is a magic um, walking into your venues. There absolutely is, and seeing the passion that you've got for it and the reasons you do it, I think. Um, is inspiring for everyone because anyone who's in business has to love it. It's it's too hard if you don't. Ben and Hamish, thank you for coming in. It's been You're a great welcome. story to hear. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. I hope from this you've got some ideas and some themes about how to thrive in a crisis. Now, you can definitely hit the subscribe button if you want to hear more of the show and give us a rating as well. Thanks again for listening. See you soon.